0: Wow, Matt, that was a really good episode we just recorded. Scott, what are you talking about? We haven't recorded it yet. That's because I'm Scott an hour from now, time-traveling back in time. So where's present Scott? Oh, I'm here also. I'm sitting next to him.
1: Well, we, present Scott and I, need to start recording.
0: This is
1: the Phantasmagorical Think Think Tank.
0: Tank. In this episode we're going to be talking about the different models of time travel and how different movies books television has portrayed time travel in different ways
1: after that we'll be talking about the philosophical feasibility and implications of these different modes of time travel spoiler for back to the future one back to the future two back to the future three harry potter three prisoner of azkaban looper time lapse Avengers Endgame, One Doctor Who Short, Primer, and Ocarina of Time.
0: So hopping right into it, uh, there are two basic fundamental underlying philosophies of how time travel works. There's the open loop school of thought, also known as indeterminate, versus the closed loop school of thought, which is also called the determined mindset. Uh, Matt, do you want to explain, like, what the general idea or the general argument of open loop is and what sort
1: of popular movies use that philosophy? You start off in, let's say, world one, and then you go back in time, do some stuff, and then when you go back to the future... Ba-ba-ba-ba! ba He ba, 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 bye. Ba, bye. <laughs> said the name! Then you're in world two, i.e. the world affected by you.
0: Would it be fair to summarize this by saying, like, the future is indeterminate as i implied earlier that like you can go back in time change the past to a different way than it was before and so the future is is different than how you left it as a result yes so moving on to the second general philosophy there's closed loop in the closed loop mindset the first time around that you experience the past the time travelers have already affected the timeline A great example of this is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Rather than events happening one way and then the time travelers go back and change it, rather the time travelers are already affecting and already fulfilling the past, the the quote-unquote, first time around, there is no situation in which you don't see the time travelers. Rather than them changing the past, they are making the past the way it is in the first place.
1: Yeah, so when they return home, the past that they know is the same exact past that they were just a part of.
0: So this is like the general categories of time travel, but there are some like more nuanced ones, like the open loop, there are versions within the versions. Matt, do you want to explain one variation on the open loop
1: model? Uh, One variation of the open loop model can be seen in Avengers Endgame. So in Avengers Endgame, the basic premise is it's an open loop except you always return to state a so when you go back it's almost as if you affect the past and that creates an alternate reality of sorts that branches off from the from that point on from the timeline it would have gone to which would have been you know just on the same path as the reality you know but when you go back you go back to that same point you were at before you're in the same reality so you leave in state a and you come back to state a even though a new state b exists in an alternate timeline
0: so like from my perspective uh say matt hops in a time machine and he changes the past from my perspective nothing changes for me but from your perspective you change the past and say you stay in the past for the rest of your life you experience a different sequence of events than i learn about in my history class because you have effectively left my timeline entirely and hopped into a parallel timeline that was exactly similar to mine up until the point when you changed the past.
1: Yes. And then if I were to go back to talk to you, the history books would still not change from your perspective, and I would be back in your timeline.
0: Interesting. So at this point, it's no longer really time travel so much as like parallel universe hopping
1: and creation i guess since your actions are what inevitably create the parallel universe fascinating i would like to point out that in back to the future 2 they they do sort of have the same branching off thing when doc brown is explaining the differences in the timelines when he goes back to 1985 and it's different and biff is in charge And then Doc basically says that even though Marty and Doc are yet to be affected by the changes they've made in the past, or by the changes Biff has made in the past, the world they live in is still changed. But because they are time travelers, it hasn't affected them yet. So they, they do stay in the alternate timeline.
0: Yeah, so I'd imagine that in Back to the Future, the implication is almost like when you create a new timeline, you sort of erase the reality of the former timeline versus in endgame they're both equally real at the same time. Yeah. At the same time was a pretty
1: sloppy way of saying it, but hopefully hopefully you see my point. Yeah. They both exist simultaneously rather than in Back to the Future, where you can only be in one real timeline, even though they branch and deviate from your original timeline. So the next
0: nuance is in the movie Primer. Let's just talk about the beauty of Primer. So, it was made on a $6,000 budget. Make that $7,000. But it's like a genuinely good film. It's extremely difficult to explain how time travel works in that show because it's so convoluted but messily beautiful, if that makes sense. Like, it's so difficult to explain that it that's what makes it so wonderful. Basically, their attitude is, don't look back. And just keep moving forward and don't think about how the actions in the past would have affected the time travelers. In the movie Looper, say a time traveler goes back in time and inflicts some physical scar onto their past self. Suddenly, the future self now has a scar on their arm. But in Primer, they sort of take a don't look back uh, attitude where uh, even if you go back in time and kidnap yourself on the day when you learned about time travel so that your past self never time travels. Rather than the time traveler vanishing, they just move forward, don't look back, eyes on the future, and now there's just two of you. <laughs> there, there are permanently two of you in this timeline. Uh, it's pretty funky, it's pretty trippy, it's extremely high quality though. Part of the joy of Primer is trying to figure out what on earth it means. <laughs> It's one of those it's one of those movies where like you know that it there's some well thought through fundamental thought process to it but it's just so darn difficult to figure out what that is. Ah, I love it. It's almost more of a puzzle than a movie. But yeah, the basic takeaways are rather than the past actions affecting the time traveler, the time traveler just keeps Uh, moving on into the future in this timeline as if he has not been affected by the time traveling.
1: There was this one Doctor Who short where the TARDIS is in the TARDIS and then if they go through the front door of the TARDIS they end up going into the TARDIS via the TARDIS in the TARDIS. Like it's a like the one that's in the TARDIS is from the future. When someone exits the door they go into the past. It was just a short but it was Um, one part of it was like the person would rush in, uh, I think it was Amy Pond. Amy Pond would rush in and she would say something. And then one question the other Amy had was like, do I have to remember all of that? And then the other Amy from the future who went back was, was saying, no, it'll just sort of come naturally. So very, it seems kind of closed loop, but also meta where it's like, it'll always happen this way because you're just going to speak and it will come out exactly like I said it.
0: Oh, yeah, like, obviously, it will happen because you just saw it happen. That makes sense. So Endgame, Primer, and Looper were nuances onto the open loop model. So would this uh, TARDIS example be a nuance on the closed loop model?
1: Yeah, which isn't how all of Doctor Who works, but just that, that short. It was like a, It was supposed to be a funny short.
0: There is this really obscure movie called um, Time Lapse where it's not true time travel, but there's this camera that when you take a photo, it shows exactly what it'll look like 24 hours in the future. It's not people traveling back in time, but it's information traveling back in time. So there are all these weird time loops where like people only do something precisely because they see themselves in it. They take one photo and they like see themselves holding a bunch of money and uh holding up the lottery numbers of the next day so they're like oh that's a great idea i wasn't going to do that but now that i see myself doing that i'm gonna go do that there's this one creepy photo where like it shows this painting of a skull and crossbones and the guy's like well i guess i'm supposed to paint a skull and crossbones
1: (laughs) yeah that would be kind of closed loop
0: oh yeah it's definitely closed loop because one of the the main plot points is like them terrified of what will happen if they violate the photo. That is, they do something other than what the photo predicted. So th- it's a really interesting, nuanced style of, of time travel because nobody is physically moving in time. It's just ideas and information and perception.
1: Uh, have you seen the movie Minutemen, the 2008 Disney film?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's open loop. That's all I got to say. It's, <laughs> it's not nuanced oof
0: here's another interesting thing um the video game ocarina of time does a mix like uh there's this subplot with beans where like you'll walk up to this cliff and you're like oh if only if only there was something magical that could lift me up and there's all this really fertile soil so what you do is you buy some magic beans uh from this magic bean seller you time travel seven years back And you plant the seeds where the soft soil is then when you time travel seven years into the future suddenly there's this seven-year-old magic bean sprout where you step on it and then the bean sprout like soars up and lifts you up to the top of the cliff and then you can move on hey and that would be open loop because like the first quote-unquote time around there was no big bean fully grown beanstalk but the second time around and i'm using the word time very loosely second quote-unquote time around there is a beanstalk but then in other parts of the game there are closed loops like you go seven years in the future and the city of kakariko village is constantly uh, under this weird storm and you're like why why is there a storm and this guy's like oh well you see the reason why there's a storm is because seven years ago this guy came in and he played this magic song on his ocarina and it went like this Uh, and he plays the song for you and so you're like wow thanks so you go back in time play the song cause the storm and this guy's like oh i hate you i will never forget the song that you just taught me that i've never heard before i will remember this forever so there's this fascinating loop of like where did the song come from if you learned it from him and he learned it from you so i guess that would be an example of both kind of inconsistently picking and choosing uh depending on what works
1: Well, I guess technically, if you have an open loop, you don't necessarily—it doesn't necessarily mean everything you do in the past isn't part of a closed loop where you already did it in the past. It just means you have the capacity to change the future. In other words, maybe I go back in time, and I I uh, uh, drive a car that scuffs up my car, but I've always had that scuffed-up car. Like my car always got scuffed. But then I so like in that way, it feels like a closed loop because I already did it. But it doesn't mean I couldn't go back in time again and then do something else that didn't happen before and change the future.
0: Oh, but could you? This leads into our, our next point. In a little bit, we're going to discuss, like, which models we think are the most reasonable or realistic if time travel were to exist in reality. But first, let's talk about free will and lack thereof. There's this interesting question of, like, if closed loop is true, does that mean free will can't be true? Like, say, for example, uh, I'm sitting here, and then suddenly my future self runs in, and he trips. Surely then, 24 hours from now, when I hop in a time machine, I can think, oh, I'm about to trip, so I better be extra, extra careful. Uh, And so, surely I can choose to pay close attention to my feet, and then uh, walk around those annoying Legos on the ground and not trip. Am Am I making sense? Like... Surely the fact that I have information about the the future can let me choose something different than what I quote-unquote chose the first time. But even, even then, I'm just freestyling here, even then that doesn't really strike me as free will because that's just cause and effect. You know, like, I had a desire not to trip, and so my desire led me to use the information I had not to
1: trip. Puzzling, is it not? I feel like that's more open loop then cuz I feel like in a closed loop whether or not you know it you're still going to end up tripping like you like you could say well I'm going to focus on my feet and not trip and then you'll still focus too much on your feet maybe and maybe that's why you tripped so like the closed loop would have no free will because no matter how much you pay attention to your feet or don't pay attention to your feet you're going to the other person that you saw trip you who you saw trip paid just as little or as much attention to their feet and that's why they tripped in a closed loop you have no free will but in an open loop it's kind of like the end of the back to the future trilogy spoiler alert for the end where doc brown is like the future is whatever you want to make it marty do whatever
0: yeah i guess what i'm saying is that i brought up free will to see if it could help us like uh if we confidently determined that if free will doesn't exist then this kind of um, time travel must be the case. I guess what I'm saying is this ultimately wasn't helpful because we can say if free will does exist, it'll definitely be open loop. But if free will doesn't exist, which I have argued extensively that I don't, it could either be closed loop or open loop. So the the core point I'm trying to communicate is that I've wasted both of our times. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Matt, um, we've basically discussed the basic models of time travel we've discussed how different movies and shorts put a little spin on it we've discussed how free will doesn't seem to be of any help uh for for me at least as a determinist so if if time travel were to actually exist in reality how do you think it would work what what school of thought do you find most convincing
1: well i think it would be a closed loop it just makes sense that it would be a closed loop because there's so many contradictions that open up with the open loop Such as, what if Marty hadn't, in the end of Back to the Future, successfully gotten his parents together in time? Then he wouldn't exist. But if he wouldn't exist, you know, we all know the classic grandfather paradox.
0: If I go back in time, kill my grandfather before he met my grandmother, then I wouldn't exist. But if I didn't exist, I wouldn't have gone back in time to kill my grandfather. So I did and did not kill my grandfather at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's, that's too contradictive. It's not like the double closed loop that we sort of talked about where... I see myself trip, so I say, "Oh, I won't trip," and then I don't trip. But me not seeing myself trip makes the other me not think to not to focus on their feet, and then they end up tripping, which I feel like is still a closed loop in a sense, like it's a closed loop, Mm -hmm. not a contradiction. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree that um, the inherent flaw with open loop is that there are contradictions, but the inherent flaw with closed loop is. Cycles of causation or a causal loops. I would argue that a causal loop is weird and it's funky and it's hard to explain but it's not necessarily a contradiction. Like, there is no premise that is simultaneously true and also false at the same time with closed loop. There's stuff that seem to be uncaused and there seem to be things that have caused themselves but there are not things that are simultaneously caused and uncaused at the same time.
1: Yeah, so like or me going back in time and causing event A might affect me going back in time and causing event A, but it will never be me going back in time causing event A means event A never happened, even though I just said event A happened.
0: Yeah, like, A causing itself is weird, but it's not, like, mathematically impossible, versus A is true and also A is not true, strikes me as outright impossible. Another thing that, like, When we were talking about Ocarina of Time, the video game, I said something like, well, the first time around, there are no beans in the future, but the second time around, there are. For me, that strikes me as an abuse of the English language. Like, it makes no sense when we're talking about one point in time to talk about the first time around or the second time around. There's only one time around because there's just one point in time. Since we're in agreement that closed loop is the way it would be, I think it's inevitable that if I ever observe my future self in the present, like if I see myself time traveling back in time, it would be inevitable that I saw myself executing everything flawlessly, if that makes sense. I gave the example where if I see myself trip, I think, oh, I better watch for Legos on the ground. I watch for Legos and I don't trip. Well, that's now a contradiction because I tripped and I didn't trip. So for me, the only logically consistent explanation is that I see myself do everything flawlessly. I see myself like gracefully stepping over the Lego and saying exactly the right words that I want to and doing exactly what I want at the right time. So that way I see myself acting optimally. And then when my future self goes back in time, I copy my optimal self because that is the only situation in my mind that does not involve uh, a contradiction it's the only internally self-consistent model in my mind that being said there is an asterisk um i mentioned the movie time lapse the only exception to that is i see my future self thinking he's acting optimally i go back in time i also think i'm acting optimally copying what i saw but it's not optimal the point is like my past self cannot observe a flaw in my future self's behavior or else I would say oh I think that is a flaw I will avoid it and then we have a contradiction
1: or maybe even like you're like oh I saw myself trip I'm not going to do that next time but then you don't realize what they're going through and maybe you're under a lot of pressure and you're running for some reason and then you subsequently trip even though you knew not to trip you're like oh I shouldn't trip thinking about it at the time, you're like, oh, I need to run. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's a valid objection, and so I'll rephrase to say I will act as optimally as I can, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other you is always acting as optimally as they could.
0: Mm-hmm. So I will I will observe my future self, and so I see the flaws or benefits, and so I try to act as optimally as I can, which means that the future self I saw, the first time around, again there there, I go again abusing the English, langui- English language, the first time is me observing myself acting as optimally as he can. Because my future self has already experienced me experiencing him. I like it. Closed loop. Closed loop I find satisfying, I find it pleasing, I like it. So here's an interesting objection, what about things that are infinitely old? Like, imagine you're a little kid and an old wise man approaches you and hands you this ring. You find it beautiful, and so you keep it. You'll grow old, you invent time travel, and you go back in time, and you approach this young boy that is you, and you hand him a ring. And he's like, oh, I like this ring, it's cute, I'll keep it. In this situation, the ring is infinitely old. And also, where did the ring come from? Yeah, like,
1: who who made this original ring?
0: Yeah, it's also tempting to wonder that if time travel can just sort of produce things which have no origin why could there not be a bunch of things which are also produced out of time travel with no particular origin i guess the the simple answer to that is there could be no such ring there would be no situation in which the old man would approach you with a ring in the first place
1: but i guess what about non-tangible things such as going back to the ocarina of time what about the the song that caused the storm if there's No, like, the song can't age, unlike the ring, where the ring would become decrepit through infinite loops.
0: Oh, again, again, you go with the perfectly valid (laughs) objection. I think that is a valid objection that, like, since information doesn't deteriorate or get rust all over it, I would imagine information could be in a causal loop. We can leave this episode with a really fun fact about general relativity and time travel. So the really fun fact is that black holes can technically switch time and space. So basically, Einstein's equations of general relativity suggest that the geometry of the universe isn't like uh, the Pythagorean theorem. You know, the Pythagorean theorem is the hypotenuse. Or rather, the square of the hypotenuse is x squared plus y squared. Or in three dimensions, it would be x squared plus y squared plus z squared. Rather, Einstein introduced uh, a negative time. So like if I want to measure the distance between two things, it'll be x squared plus y squared plus z squared, but then minus uh, a time squared times a constant. I, I don't uh, I don't actually have the equation with me. That constant would be the square of the speed of light. But basically the the important thing is minus time to accommodate for things like time dilations, Lorentzian contractions, all those really cool things that you see on Interstellar or uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's lectures about awesome cool stuff. So what's really fascinating about black holes is that, uh, and again, there are probably a bunch of, of professional astrophysicists who are rolling their eyes at what I'm about to get wrong. Inside the, the radius of a black hole, the time component turns positive and the space components turn negative that's just how the math works out and so space starts acting like time and time starts acting like space to essentially give the equivalent of time travel but but not really
1: but scott what is what is this what are the properties of time that space can take on like what are the physical how do you drink a mood Ah, uh, yeah
0: yeah so that's a good point so If you really think about like what makes time, time, I think it's a good, a good definition of time is like a sequence of events in a specific arrow or direction. That seems like a a good definition of time that like when you have events and they're ordered in a very specific order that can't be reordered, that directionality or that arrow to it is time. So it's like a vector. Yeah, a very specific vectored dimension that you you can only go one direction in. You can't go either way. Like with space, I can I have this cup in my hand. I can move it up, I can move it down, left, right, left, right, left, right. But with time, I can only move it towards the future. I can't move it towards the past. So when you're plummeting into a black hole and nothing can escape its gravity, not even light, essentially space becomes just like time. There's only one direction that space flows, and that is towards the center of the black hole. It flows from the away direction and towards the center of the black hole. And so each instance of space comes one after the other in a very clearly defined irreversible sequence. And so basically, towards the black hole is as timelike as towards the future. And because of the weird, funky uh, distortions in space-time, if I'm understanding correctly, you can kind of bounce between before and after in, as easily as you can bounce from left to right. Weird, right? Also, definitely fact check me on this one because I am not qualified to talk about this. I'm just talking about A, uh, what my professor told me in Astro 62, and B, what PBS is telling me. So definitely get a third resource on this one. I have two quality sources, but I there is a... Th- chance I misinterpreted something but I think it's cool I like astrophysics astrophysics suits me
1: so Scott are you ready to record the episode
0: what do you mean I thought we just did
1: oh no I'm not from the past I time traveled to the future
0: oh well then I guess you're still in the mood for saying our our title
1: yeah this is
0: the phantasmagorical Phantasmagorical Think
1: think tank